Mental health can be a pretty heavy subject at times. Sometimes we just find ourselves in a bit of a funk that we can't seem to get out of and we just need to reset. We can't always be in the mindset to dive deep into ourselves and frankly, before we can get there, sometimes we just need to break that cycle. We need something to cheer us up, something that we can have a good laugh about or something that'll remind us that this heavy feeling we have right now is only temporary. There are always going to be times when we just need to be reminded how to feel gratitude and how to feel our self-worth again. So today, we're going to keep it pretty simple. If you're feeling a little off lately, this is for you. A gentle reminder of a few ways that we can take control of our mood again. Ways that will help remove ourselves from the, the depths of our current you know, negative state so that we can assess things from a, a safe distance with, with some clarity. So here's a few easy ways that we can lift our spirits every day, anytime. Let's go. Welcome to the Vive Mental Health Podcast. Welcome to the Vive Mental Health Podcast. My name is Christopher, and did you know that in Ortona, Italy, they have a fountain right in the middle of town that dispenses free wine 24-7? They've been a winemaking town since 500 BCE, so I guess if you've been in the wine game for over two millennia, that's probably the next logical step in staying ahead of your competition. I should mention that Spain has one too, although it's not 24 hours, so step it up, Spain. So what does a free wine fountain have to do with mental health? Well, if you're a wine drinker, perhaps for a moment there as I relayed that little factoid to you, you envisioned yourself strolling through the middle of a quaint Italian town on a warm August day, only to stumble across the holy grail of the grape, a buffet of free booze to enjoy. For someone who enjoys drinking wine or traveling, a little story like that can actually do wonders for your brain. I'll explain why. When our brains become aware of something that it perceives as negative, it locks onto it like a homing missile and goes into protective mode. So it becomes hyper aware of the threat and it becomes less concerned with other things going on as it tries to tell you, hey, threat alert, think about the threat, only think about the threat. Our brains have these defense mechanisms that keep a tight grip on those perceived threats while a lot of the positive stuff gets pushed aside and somewhat ignored. That's why we can sort of feel those times when our brains seem to be compounding on themselves. You can actually sense that negative grip tightening, sometimes in, in real time, and it feels like we're, we're powerless against it. Sometimes we'll even manifest or, or even create our own negativity without even thinking of it. Like, like that old saying, bad things always come in threes. Well, whether you believe in manifestation or not, what you're doing here is preparing your subconscious for negative outcomes. Let's say you've had two negative outcomes in succession. The last thing you should be doing is focusing any energy at all on a potential third. We need to break up that cycle and immediately hit pause so that we could turn our focus on the healing and a little bit of self-care. The wine story is an example of how we can help break up that cycle or break that grip. It could be an uplifting news article or a short story. It could be an activity that you maybe haven't done in a while that you really enjoy. It could be talking to someone that you haven't talked to in a while. The idea is that 
it's surprising and fresh enough that your brain is forced to loosen its hold on whatever it's clinging on to and go, hey, wait a second, I like this. I just released a little dopamine. Maybe if we do that again, we could see things in a whole new light. Hmm. And all of a sudden, the cycle's been broken. One thing that I'm a big fan of is gratitude. I was fortunate growing up. I, I give my parents a lot of credit for the values that they instilled in me. Um, being thankful and, and taking real pleasure in showing gratitude was always a big deal in my family. Please and thank you were always a must. Every gift that I received for birthdays or Christmas was always followed up by a phone call or a thank you note, and then later on a text or a tag on social media. I was actually quite young when I realized just how important gratitude was to other people. But it wasn't until I became much older that I realized how important it was to me. I was chatting with my therapist one day, and it was a pretty light session. Um, sometimes we dig deep with, you know, some issues, and other times we just shoot the shit. So I would just kind of articulate my week, touch on what went well, what didn't. And then my therapist noticed a theme kind of starting to unfold in the way that I was, I was talking about my life. I would describe, say, hanging out with friends or doing something with someone. And she noticed that I had this habit of always ending these stories with some sort of gratitude. I'd say things like, you know, I'm so fortunate to have friends that I've known for 20 years, or I'm so blessed to be so close with my grandparents, something like that. So we decided to kind of elaborate on it. And for me, the act of feeling grateful was something that actually enhanced my memory of, of certain events. I'd go out for an amazing meal and I'd say, wow, you know, like I don't get to eat out at restaurants that often. That was a real treat. Things like that. And by expressing my awareness of how special people were to me or an event was, I was broadening my perception of my life as a whole. So my field of view was widening and I could see the bigger picture. I could pick out what was really important and reflect on it and appreciate it. And that was a big turning point for me because as I tell these stories, I'd feel my mood begin to lift. And alternatively, when I had something negative impact my life, I would juxtapose that with something else and I'd give it context to kind of lessen the blow, which seemed to keep me from getting too lost in that one you know, negative component. I had a, a cancer scare in my late 20s. I was having my, my nose scoped because it had been broken a couple times and they, they found a mass of tissue that wasn't supposed to be there uh, way up inside uh, near my sinuses. So they, they quickly did a biopsy of it, like right on the spot. And in a few days it came back inconclusive. So I was fast tracked for surgery to remove it. I think I had two weeks and I was terrified of the worst case scenario. I don't think I slept for more than a couple hours at a time for those entire two weeks. But looking back, it actually, it could have been a lot worse. So my partner at the time suggested that instead of, you know, dwelling on the worst, that maybe I should spend some time reflecting on the highlights of my life, you know? So kind of begrudgingly, I, I went along with it, but I actually found it incredibly beneficial and uplifting. I had a lot to be thankful for. I started, I started out thinking about my life in like a broader sense, like having a safe place to live and having clean water and healthcare to little stuff like like, wow, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to own, you know, my dream guitars and be able to play them. I get to go to live hockey games and drink beer and taste bacon and I can play hockey and write music and sing and 
after a while, I became less worried about the outcome of this surgery if it didn't go well, because no matter what, I had, I had a lot to be thankful for, and all things considered, I was living a really wonderful life. So surgery day came and went, and I got, I got the best news that I could get. So there was no cancer. The surgeon went in and straightened everything out. Um, so it was, it was a fairly simple procedure, and on, just as an aside, it was probably the best thing I've ever done in my life because it improved my voice and my singing voice, and, and, and I could breathe again, and it was, it was great. But the act of, of feeling thankful, you know, during that time when I was really stressed out and really anxious was actually enough to help kind of pull me through that that period. So between you and I, if you if you find yourself or you are right now kind of mentally unsettled or you've been down about life, try this. Take a look around you and really just try to take it all in. The things you have, the the people near you, the people in your life, the country you live in, the clothes you're wearing, your pet that, that loves you unconditionally, and just start adding them up. Let your mind go to other places. No matter how small or seemingly insignificant, just take a moment to just go, wow, it's something within your world. It could start out as like a little escape, but it may just take a bad morning and turn it into a way more peaceful afternoon, which may turn into a decision to just cook a great meal for yourself that night. The cascade effect is very real. And that reminds me, though, let's talk about food. I could talk about food all day. Um, actually, sitting here right now, I kind of wish I had a food podcast to just go off on. But in this sense, we're going to talk about the connection between food, like your guts, and our brains. So there is a connection. There's no question about that. Our brains consume, I think, 20% of our body's energy. And that energy generally comes in the form of food. In other words, what we put into our body will directly impact how our brain functions. Now, I actually have a couple of great interviews lined up in the near future for this podcast. One with someone who is going to be uh, discussing diet culture with me, and the other one is a nutritionist. So we're going to be taking a couple of really good deep dives into the food side of mental health very soon. Um, but for now, I'm just going to kind of share my thoughts on, on food. Uh, when my mental health isn't at its best. So in day-to-day -day life, there are times when things get so hectic that I sort of start to lose track of the meals that I eat, and I'm just eating when I'm hungry, and a lot of, sure, that looks good, that sort of thing. But that can be a little bit dangerous. And because there's such a direct correlation between what I'm eating and how I'm feeling, I've started to pay a little bit more attention to that. Now, everyone is a bit different when it comes to their diet, and what I'm going to say is that no matter if you eat a very healthy diet or a diet that could probably be a little more balanced, just sit down and really try to remember what you've been eating lately. How consistently? What are the portions like? What time are you eating at? Because if you've been on, say, like a health kick recently and you find your mood has been dropping lately, you may be fueling your body with all sorts of good nutrition, but your mind and your heart and your soul may need a little break from that. That's why many nutritionists promote so-called cheat meals, because it's natural to crave foods that may be sweet or salty. And you know what? It's okay to let yourself have those from time to time. There's a, there's a physiological reason our bodies crave those things. So if food is a reward trigger for you, like it is for many people, 
it's okay to reward yourself sometimes. It doesn't have to be junk either. Sometimes just something delicious and different will do the trick. Now, I meal prep my breakfast each week. Um, I'm not a morning person, but I need fuel in the morning, so I do I do the breakfast meal prep. And as an aside, I cannot stress enough how important having a solid breakfast is, uh, at least for me personally. But sometimes after a week of like fruit salads and half bagels, I just want a McMuffin. And I think of it like I'm rewarding my discipline for being a pretty good meal prepper. And going back to that appreciation, feeling, and gratitude, when I do have that first bite of my sausage McMuffin, I am really stoked and I enjoy it and it's a treat. And straight up, treats make us feel good. Now, the flip side of that, and this is one that I'm, I'm very familiar with as well, is when I eat like crap, I generally feel like crap after. So I've definitely found myself eating junk for, you know, a few days straight or I'm at the, yeah, I haven't gone grocery shopping in a while. So I'm eating all that apocalypse food in my house. That's probably not really good for me. But after a while, you know, I, I begin to feel a little guilty. I might've put on a couple pounds. My body isn't, it doesn't feel as nourished and energized or, you know, I have too much salt in my system and my blood pressure is kind of creeping up. So that's why those meals that are delicious and healthy are, are really important, balanced meals. If you're not a big veggie person, which I wasn't for many, many years, but I, I love vegetables now. But what kind of brought me over was I found a spice mix that just rocked my world. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch out there, but I personally love, I love Chinese five spice. And I actually, I found ways to make like healthy food delicious. And that, that was a big game changer for me. The point is, if you're in that funky headspace, just try switching up your diet a little bit, one way or the other. If you've been eating junk, plan your next couple meals to be delicious and like a little bit healthier. And if you've been grinding out a strict diet regimen, make sure you're still getting a healthy dose of something good, a little bit of salt, a little bit of sugar, mix it up. Diets should not be all or nothing. It's all about balance. All right. So I want to rattle off a few more ideas to kind of break through these tough mental health cycles. Some of them may apply to you, some may not. The end game is just to boost your headspace so that when it's time to tackle these different issues or things that you're, you know, putting off and you're, you're going to have to deal with, you want to be in a good place that will allow you to focus and think positively. So these are all about breaking up those cycles. All right. One of my favorites, nostalgia. I love old photo albums and I love calling up old friends and talking about good old days and remembering fond childhood memories. I love that stuff. These are all great ways to boost your mood right now and help you kind of get your mind back on track just to give you a little reprieve from, from the heaviness that, that is kind of, you know, grinding you down. I'm, I'm a bit of a sentimental guy, so I have a few trinkets from places I've traveled to and, you know, I have a box of keepsakes that take me back to, you know, special times. And we keep those things for a reason. And a lot of times we stare at the box and we're like, why did I keep these? Well, this is why. Um, spend some time with the things from your past that uplift you and remind you and, and can give your mind a break from, from the current heaviness that might be happening. And honestly, it could very well give you like a brand new outlook on your future by reflecting a little bit on your past. Another great one is exercise. Hear me out. <laughs> some people love it. Some not so much. I... I personally love crushing a good workout, but there are lots of days 
where I would just rather not. Exercise releases dopamine and serotonin and getting a good sweat on or even just like a nice walk that gets your legs moving. It could be such a good way to feel refreshed. Uh, one thing that exercise does for me personally is it allows my mind to relax, um, which I need because my mind goes all the time and my brain is on fire all the time. And even just going for a brisk walk, it just, it kind of lets my mind wander a little bit. So if I'm doing something like running uh, or walking, you know, the monotony of those movements um, actually lets my brain off the hook for a little bit. And while my body is working out, I'm actually giving my mind a rest. Working out with someone, be it virtually or in person, is also a great way to find that extra gear. So there's, there's a couple things going on. There's a, an element of connection there because you're with somebody. As well as our kind of innate competitive nature sort of kicking in. So humans tend to encourage and push each other when we're engaging in activities. And I often find myself realizing that if I'm in a bit of a slump, I probably haven't had my heart rate up recently either. So get up, move around, get the endorphins flowing and really feel good that you're, you're kind of switching it up. You're breaking that cycle. Okay. So a big one for me is unplugging and it is hard to unplug, especially when it's one of the only ways we have to stay connected, like during this pandemic, which is currently happening while I'm recording this episode. But as I spoke about on a previous episode, social media, especially how much time we spend on it, can have measurable and direct negative impacts on our mental health. There's no question about that. Those algorithms are no joke. So a couple of days of engaging with negative posts, you can see them popping up over and over and over again with more frequency in the following days, which can lead to consecutive weeks and even months of like a very unhealthy echo chamber. Now, different social media platforms, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all that stuff, but they, they offer different ways to engage as well. So for example, if you're on TikTok, start leaving a comment and, or just liking videos that are like fun and inspiring and you'll see even more of them. Um, it really picks up those, the, that algorithm really picks that up quickly. Um, and I'm sure for anybody who's been on TikTok, you can find yourself in the strangest places depending on what you've liked or clicked on. So I become more conscious to, you know, like I'll, I'll watch the video, but I won't engage with it um, necessarily, but I will comment and like on stuff that I want to see more of. And it, it works. It's just made my social media experience like a little bit better. Facebook and Twitter can be the most amazing places to interact with strangers, but as we all know, sometimes they can really drag you down. So try taking a little time away from your phone. Leave it, leave it at home. If you're running out running a quick errand or, you know, leave it in the other room. If you're cooking a meal or watching a show, just find ways to kind of limit your screen time. It's important to unplug and to be aware of your surroundings and to be fully present, uh, like especially for people. You know, when, when cell phones, this is going to date me, but when cell phones started to gain popularity, there, there was a big movement to like, I think even some restaurants would advertise it like, hey, leave your phone at the door and you can have this nice meal and be present. But limiting screen time when you're in the presence of other people, um, you know, like I said, this is, this is being recorded during a pandemic, so there's not a lot of people sharing happening. But when it comes back, I think it's going to be really important for us to be present and to take a little step back from social media because we've been so 
engaged with it and so involved with it. It's how we get our news and how we keep in touch. It's really important to kind of disconnect and that that alone can be enough to like snap us out of a little funk and to kind of go, whoa, you know, I have this, I have this life around me. I got this world and this home and like kids and, you know, it, it can give you that step back. And that's, that's kind of the theme of this episode is that we want to take a step back. We want to take a look at our life and analyze and kind of sit up high where it's comfortable and safe and kind of look at everything and go, okay, this is where I would rather be than down in the trenches. And now I can kind of, I can focus on my life and really take, take into context what's, what's going on. Give yourself that breather. Another big, big factor in our mental health is sleep. And it may be something that you hear of all the time. And it's honest to God, it's such a struggle to, especially as you get older, to get like a constant, comfortable sleep cycle going. But we have to make sure we're getting rest and solid rest. As I've described before in this podcast, my PTSD symptoms often come in the form of really bad nightmares. My bed doesn't always feel like the safest place for me. So sometimes my sleep cycle really suffers. So how have you been sleeping lately? Take note of it. And if you're not feeling rested, you got to make this a top priority. So even little things like just clean sheets and fluffed pillows, you know, they go a long way to make crawling into bed at night like a real treat. And you can invest in blackout curtains. I like to keep my bedroom as like the safest place in the house. It's the most comfortable place. When I come in there, I feel comfortable. I guess is the best way to, I don't have a TV in my room. I know some people do and that's cool, but you know, it's a place where I can go to relax and recharge. And I've kind of come to train myself to know that when I'm in my room, it's like, that's my safe place. That's where I'm going to get rest and I'm going to, I'm going to be able to reset. So you're never going to be perfect at going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. So make sure to leave yourself a little wiggle room, but try to be disciplined within half an hour or so. A rough sleep pattern can wreak havoc on our mental health. So take note of how you are sleeping. So that all being said, I, I hope I was able to offer up a few ideas on how to snap out of a mental funk. As I like to say, these are all tools that you can keep in your toolbox for when you need them. Sometimes you'll hear of a friend or a loved one who's, who's having a tough time. So reach into your toolbox and lend them out to whoever needs them. Uh, talk about what works for you and, and what doesn't take some of these ideas and improve on them do a little research. Always be sharing what you find because the more that we have these discussions and these little reminders, you know, cropping up, the better ideas we can all come up with. So We've got a little daydreaming, some feelings of gratitude, a positive change to your diet, a little nostalgia, connecting with positive people in your life, keeping an eye on your screen time and the type of content you're engaging in and a healthy sleep pattern are, are just a few of the ways we can break up a negative mental health pattern. There's so many more, but never, never stop trying. The tough days will happen, but there's plenty that we can do to keep a positive outlook and invest our energy into things that will help lift us up. If you have any ideas of your own or you would like to share some of the things that work for you while you're having a tough time, I would love to hear from you. 
You can always reach me at vivementalhealth at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at vivementalhealth. And you can, you can also find these podcasts and other videos on my YouTube page as well. Just search for Vive Mental Health. Uh, I'll leave a link below as well. If you enjoy this podcast, I humbly ask that you share the links on your own social media. That would be amazing. And there are also some really cool ways to support Vive, and your support means everything to me. You can join some of the amazing people who have chosen to contribute through my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Vive Mental Health. Uh, there's some really cool perks with that. Uh, there's different levels that you can contribute to, and every dollar raised through Patreon goes right back into Vive Mental Health. So I love hearing from everybody. Send me messages, um, tag me and stuff. I would love to interact. I always message back. So um, hopefully we can chat more about mental health. And thank you so much for listening and being part of the mental health conversation. Uh, it really is my pleasure to bring you these episodes and to share with you not only my story, but things that I hope will bring you joy and help to improve your life. Um, Vive will be branching out in the near future with some really exciting new endeavors. I'm, I'm super stoked on, on kind of what's coming this year, uh, including a kick-ass website and, um, there's a lot going on. So I'm, I'm really excited about how things are growing. And so be sure to keep an eye out for that and something cool as well. Um, you've helped to make Vive one of the top 150 health podcasts in Canada. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. All right. And as I like to do sometimes, I'm a big fan of indie music. So I haven't done this in a few episodes, but I want to give a special shout out to my boys in disco porn who just released a brand new single called Moon Sugar. Now, Dave and Scotty are dear friends of mine who used to make up the other two thirds of our band, No Witness. Um, the intro music to this podcast is our song, My World. And they're doing some really incredibly groovy things on their new projects. So Hop on a Spotify or Apple Music, basically anywhere you can find music and look up Moon Sugar by Disco Porn. It is a sick tune. Uh, I guarantee you it'll put you in a great mood. Um, they're, they're wonderful, loving people and huge supporters of mental health. So I'm, I'm happy to give them a shout out. And uh, boys, if you're listening, uh, I love you guys and uh, miss you guys. I hope we can jam again soon. And um, to you, the listener, thank you so much for joining me this week. I really do hope that uh, that your week goes well and we'll we'll talk to you again soon.